Is your organization prepared for a breach? If not, what do you need to do to prepare? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Michael Bertowski. He's Vice President of Cybersecurity Services at General Dynamics Fidelis Cybersecurity Solutions. Michael, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me here, Tom. Appreciate it. Just to give us a bit of context, tell me, in the face of today's advanced threats, what's the general level of breach preparedness that you see at organizations that you come in contact with? Well, you know, I'd say there's a wide variety, but it's absolutely getting better. A lot of companies now have plans in place, and they're using their technologies much more efficiently. Um, but what we find really is that sometimes their plans aren't as thorough as they should be, um, or there's stuff that they just didn't consider when they were putting the plan together. If you were to generalize them, where would you say the organizations typically fall down when it comes to breach preparedness? What I would say is having practiced their plan. It's one thing to be able to have a plan written down so you've got a book you can go refer to, but where the real value comes in is having actually practiced and run through those plans as a tabletop exercise or uh, some other exercise so that everybody starts committing those plans to muscle memory. You know, just like a, a professional football team, you know, they go out there and they practice things over and over again. So what they're supposed their particular responsibilities become muscle memory. Well, you want to have that happen with your uh, incident response plan as well. The next thing I would say is uh, a lot of companies really underestimate the overall cost of uh, having to respond to a breach and the remediation of that breach. And then finally, I'd say where companies most mostly fall down is identifying the breach early. Anytime and anything you can do to discover the breach early and uh, react to it, you help you put in cost savings right off the bat because there's less cleanup, there's less damage to a company's clientele, and there's potentially less damage to their reputation that they need to repair as well. Nobody wants to be reactive. Everybody wants to be proactive. What then are some of the key proactive steps that organizations should incorporate in their plans? So I would say that having an independent party provide an assessment of their security posture, uh, whether that be their infrastructure or their policies, uh, it's really important because oftentimes we can become tunnel vision in our own work. You know, just like when you're editing a, a document or writing a document and you're revising it over and over again, you become so tunnel vision that you may miss some of the uh, mistakes that are in there. So having an independent party come in and actually take a look at it and provide feedback on ways to improve is always a huge value. Uh, I would also say that it's really important to test against social engineering attacks. At the end of the day, the the weakest link in in the the chain are us. I mean, we we have the ability or sometimes uh, inability to recognize that we're under attack or somebody's trying to get information that they shouldn't. And it's not through any uh, fault of our own necessarily. Uh, some of these attacks are unbelievably well-crafted, and it's hard to tell that it's not from uh, an email's not from a trusted source. So 
being being able to test that and make sure that people's awareness is high is is really important. And then I'd say have the appropriate policies and procedures in place, but more importantly, follow them. It's you can have all the policy in the world um, and procedures, but if people aren't following them and, and not enforcing them, then your security posture really is not there. It's at a much lower state. There are key external parties organizations need to involve. How must they involve these parties in the event of a breach? Well, in today's world, I I find more and more that companies have cyber insurance, which is great. It's really important to to have a provider who uh, works with you and you know who they are and who to call if something happens and also know what your policy uh, is going to cover. As I said, underestimating the overall cost of of a breach um, happens all the time. So making sure you have that stuff worked out ahead of time with your cyber insurance policy is real important. Having outside counsel as well is another aspect that that can't be uh, overstated. Having outside counsel who deal with cyber breaches and data privacy on a regular basis is so important. They they've just bring an additional level of uh, competency and and knowledge that because they do it all the time. Um, and then they also have the ability or they also make it so that the attorney-client privilege is maintained and uh, are able to navigate those those um, challenges if the, if the breach were ever to be brought to trial as far as a civil litigation. Uh, another aspect is having a public relations firm. I, I think we've seen how important, how so important it is to have a PR company that can help you message to the clientele. And I think people are, have become much more understanding that breaches happen, and you know, at the end of the day, they're going to continue to happen. But where they're really not forgiving is if they get the feeling that a company is being evasive or not forthcoming. And so having that messaging is is really important. And then finally, having an IR firm under retainer. Uh, time's of the essence when you figure out that you've been breached. And oftentimes companies don't have the internal capability to uh, appropriately respond to a, an attack or an incident response. But more importantly, having a firm, uh, an IR firm that specializes it and does it every day is going to, in the, at, at the end, reduce costs and, and make you make it so you can recover quicker. Michael, in the event of a breach, what are some of the measures that organizations really must plan to take if they're going to determine the true scope of the attack and not sort of been, be misled by what they initially see? You know, there's there's a couple different philosophies with incident response. There's the whack-a-mole game where you're just going to try and find the uh, – particular host machines that were breached and uh, you wind up nuking and paving them just so you can get back into business. However, you really wind up missing so much information about how the bad guy got in, what the actual information that was stolen. You can miss so much of that. So the way we approach breaches are uh, we ensure that we have full network visibility and monitoring going on both on the network level and on the host level. And what we found is by having that SOC operation, you're really able to see what the bad guy's doing, what's going on, and be able to adjust your 
expulsion event and remediation accordingly. So the way I kind of like liken it to is, so you have a surgeon who's responsible for actually conducting the surgery, and they do a great job at that. But also at the head of the table, you've got the anesthesiologist who's maintaining all the vitals and respiration and heart rate and all those things that are supporting the patient. And that's kind of what the SOC does. Uh, they maintain and see what's going on on the network and everything else while the investigation's going on. And at the end of the day, you wind up getting exceptional intelligence off of that and find out where you need to improve your security. Michael, final question for you. You talked a few minutes ago about the importance of testing a breach preparation plan. In terms of testing, what do you find to be some of the key do's and don'ts? Testing the plan has to happen on a regular basis. Um, if you're not doing it, you know, at, at least, uh, you know, a couple of times a year, you really can't get things committed to muscle memory. I would say that make sure that everybody who's involved in your, your incident response plan is actually there and participates in it. Having, you know, having just a couple of people missing, you you really miss out on figuring out the ops tempo and, uh, how everybody's going to communicate and react during a situation. So having everybody involved is is very important. And then I would say also making sure that you try and make this scenario as uh, realistic as possible and and take it through to the end. You know, it's a relatively low investment to take the time and talk through a scenario and figure out what's going to happen. If you don't do that, you don't make that investment up front, you really wind up extending how long an incident response is going to take, and you make it more stressful than it really needs to be. Um, and, you know, you're trying to to make things go quickly, efficiently, and recover as quickly as possible. Michael, that's great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. The topic has been breach preparation, and are you prepared for a breach? I've been speaking with Michael Burutowski. He's Vice President of Cybersecurity Services at General Dynamics Fidelis Cybersecurity Solutions. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.